Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week we're discussing Spider-Man No Way Home, so let's get into it with the recap. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, our friendly neighborhood web-slinger is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life as Peter Parker from the high-stakes existence of being a superhero. When Peter asks Doctor Strange for help, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Poor Steven. Poor, poor, poor Steven. Just making making bad decisions all over the place, right? That's that's what this movie was about. I mean, like, we understand Peter. He's, as Steven said, he's a kid. You know, Doctor Strange's like, I, I forget you're a fucking kid and you're going to act this way. I mean, I, I, a part of me wanted to, like, the bitch slap Peter when he kept interrupting Steven because he was just, like, trying to do the spell and he could, he could see it just making it worse, making it worse. And he's just rambling on like a, like a neurotic teenager and it just, boom, and that's what caused it. But, like... Uh, if Steven had just said, you know what, maybe you should go um, call them first and, you know, appeal, get some people to help you out with that. You know, maybe I could help you out with that and then give you a recommendation. Other people, I'm sure, could do that. You know, yeah, you told me, tell me you did not, <laughs> you did not just forget to not do that before having me brainwash the entire planet. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, but also you 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 would think that he would maybe be like, is there anyone you want to remember? He'd go over the spell a little bit more. He kind of just jumps into it. I'm like, all right, everyone's going to forget. I'm Because even he implied that he was going to forget him. Like, it was nice knowing you. Bye. You know, kind of a thing. Like, well, hold on. Let's, let's, let's get some parameters here first. Let's do that. So, again, poor Steven. I do put the blame of this whole movie a little bit on Steven for being the adult in the room and not doing it properly. So that's that's what happened there. But not the Sorcerer Supreme. Not the Sorcerer Supreme. Wong was the Sorcerer Supreme. And that moment in the trailer where like Wong is saying, don't do it, don't do it, and we get that wink, wasn't in the movie. Like Wong didn't yell at him to tell him. He just said, like, don't have me involved. What kind of Sorcerer Supreme does that? Like Wong is just like, All right, I'm just going to go somewhere else and go on vacation. Like He's probably got a cage fight to get to. Yeah, he has to go, like, fight with the Abomination in, like, wherever that city was in China. Um, but, damn, but it's, what a fucking movie that was. Like, holy shit. Just, just to zoom out and just to see the whole thing before we get into details here. Like, wow. Like, I had expectations that were pretty high for this movie. We both did. Yeah. And like, I was just like, I really hope it meets it. You know, I'm getting pretty hyped up. Everyone's hyping this movie up. We have Kevin Feige saying, don't have your expectations so high. You know, like he's warning us. And I feel like now I feel like I was being trolled by Kevin Feige with him saying that, you know, it's like, don't have your expectations too high. You don't want to, you don't want to overthink it. <laughs> Meanwhile, he knows what he has. He knows it. You know, that, that my expectations exploded all over the place. Gigantic sploosh. Yeah, all over the back of the chair in front of you. Everywhere. It's, it, it was, you know, it would be embarrassing if, it, if I was the only one, but it was like a fucking bukkake scene in there. Everyone was involved. Yeah, I mean, this really was, I mean, essentially Spider-Man Endgame. Because this, this was this was the kind of experience that we haven't had since Infinity War and Endgame in a theater. And and I, I, I we have talked about it several times on the channel. It's like I was like, you, it's hard for us to. We're never going to get to Endgame status again 
because what you'd have to do is build up this, build up that, all this stuff. And like, it's going to be a long time before we get there. So just, just everyone wait it out and be patient and, you know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. They did it because they had the entire Spider-Man history to play with here. Yeah. They cheated. Yeah. Kind of. They cheated. They did, but they cheated in such a beautiful way. You know, like if you had talked to me uh, three months ago and said like about the other Spider-Man movies, I would have talked in length about how much I really don't like the Tobey Maguire films anymore. Um, they just have not aged well. I like Spider-Man 2. Uh, it's a, almost a perfect film, but I'm, I'm so not a fan of Kristen Dunst that I, in that role, specifically her as well as an actress, but in that role specifically, that it kind of takes away a little bit from even that film, no matter how good it is. But and Spider-Man 3, let's not even talk about. And and The Amazing Spider-Man was good. Don't get me wrong. I, li- I loved Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I just didn't like his Peter Parker. Um, and I would have watched, you know, Gwen Stacy forever. Um, and that, that whole end scene of Amazing Spider-Man 2 just still breaks my heart to this day. Yeah, I, I, I rewatched all of the Spider-Man movie leading up to this. And I had only seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2 once. That movie is not great. It's got way too much going on in it. But Emma Stone is pitch perfect. Yeah, I really want her to come back as like a as as Spider Gwen in, in in for another movie. Like yes, and that's what this movie had makes me want now. It makes me want another Tobey Maguire movie done like after this within continuity. It makes me want another Andrew Garfield film after this, and then get Emma Stone back to be like a, a parallel universe Gwen Stacy. Oh, I really want another amazing Spider-Man movie after this. I never thought I'd say that yeah, in my entire life. Me neither. I never thought I'd want another Tobey Maguire movie in my entire life, but the, here we are, and I want them now. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm re-addicted to the Sony verse. Like it makes me feel kind of dirty. <laughs> Do you think that they might make Andrew Garfield the Spider-Man of like the Venom and Morbius movies? Maybe that would be cool. I'd be down with that. I really would be. Um, or they're gonna bring. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, they'll, they'll do something. They'll do something else and keep Spider-Man out of that, or they'll shift him to that. I don't know what they're going to do, um, but that could be a really good idea. It could a good move if they decide to do that. Um, I'd be down for it. Please let Kevin Feige help with it so that it's not trash. Oh, please, 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 just let Kevin Feige just have a, a thing because this—that's why this movie was so good. And I like that Kevin came out and said, like, "We're working on the next trilogy of Spider-Man." So don't worry, we're on it. We're developing it with Sony. And I'm like, all right, as long as you're developing it with. Because uh, my buddy is just, he's so hateful of Sony um, and so distrustful of them that he's just so angry. And whenever the possibility of like Sony doing anything, you know, he gets very angry. Like the whole Venom post credit scene that brought them to the MCU, which we'll talk about in this movie and what ended up happening. But he was just very angry. He was like, oh, no, they're going to they're gonna steal uh, Tom Holland and they're going to bring him to that universe. So they're going to ruin the MCU. They're going to ruin the MCU. I'm like, dude, calm down, man. It's going to be okay. Let, let, let Kevin handle it. Let Kevin handle it. He's like, he's not handling it. Sony's just doing what they want. They're going to ruin everything. I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. He sounds like a conspiracy theorist, you know? Oh, so he's like the coach from the school. Yeah, that's exactly what he's like. <laughs> that, was, that coach was so mean. He was so mean. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one part of this movie that I kind of was a little disappointed in, but obviously they had to cut this stuff out. I feel like the teachers and the other student characters like just dropped 
completely. Yeah, they were. They were. The the, the student characters only had glorified cameos. <coughs> uh, glorified cameos in them. Um, Flash got a little bit more. He got he got the I wrote a book subplot. Yeah, he got the I wrote a book subplot. And he was still used in almost the same way he was in the other movies, which was a joke. But he just wasn't in it as much. Betty had some quick announcement things to say. Um, and then in the promo stuff, which you can see separately in the transmedia stuff, there is a separate account on TikTok for the Daily Bugle. And she works now at the Daily Bugle. Yeah, she's an intern. She's an intern there. So like that's that's her thing now. And I'm like, all right, so that's cool for promo. Um, and she maybe she'll come back, you know, as as that because you know people are talking about the sinners are six. Well, there was only five of them. I'm like, well, there's two ways of looking at it. There were the five of them, and Jameson. Like he was the final villain of the movie. If you look at it from that perspective, like we didn't need Vulture, we didn't need Venom. Um. The, the sixth villain was Jonah Jameson. I think the sixth villain was Eddie Brock getting trashed in Mexico. Yeah, it's like they were, and you can also look at it that way. Like the Venom was there; he was just getting drunk in Mexico, and now we have, and now we have a little bit of that symbiote left, so we can have the MCU version of Venom. I know, I know, we're jumping around, but yeah, let's let's talk about this for a second. I think it's amazing that Kevin Feige, like Bullet Time Matrix, dodged having Tom Hardy in the MCU proper. Mm -hmm. He was there for a day and a half getting drunk in Mexico. And then left behind a piece of him so we can have Venom the right way now. A good Venom, maybe. I mean, not to say, like, again, you give me, you, you, you give me Tom Hardy, Venom as an odd couple comedy, I'm a happy man. Like that, I love that shit. The comedy elements of Venom are there. I will take it. Give me a sitcom of that arrangement, the way you have it written. But as as far as like superhero movies goes, like no, nah, it just doesn't work for me. Sony, stop trying. You guys suck at it. So if Kevin Feige is arranging his own version of Venom, and that's what we had to do to do it, awesome. I'm I'm just happy. That just makes me very happy. Nothing in this movie made me upset. Everything about it was glorious and beautiful. So I'm just continuing the simp for Marvel. Sorry, everybody. Okay, let's actually get into it. Oh yeah, we have to actually talk about the movie. Um, one of the first things I noticed was like when they talked about like, uh, you know, whether whether I, I found cute is Peter Park was like, well, I thought your dad likes me. And she was and, and MJ was like, not anymore. And I wonder whether like her father was just always anti Spider-Man or is it just because he's being called a murderer? You know, I want to I want to be a fly in the wall for the conversation that her father might have had with her. I love how they recreated the post-credit scene from Far From Home for the opening of this movie. Yeah, it just took place exactly like with like right immediately after. after. And we find out that she does her uh, MJ's last name is Watson, she just doesn't go by it. Um so that's making it even more like yeah, this is MJ. This is just the MCU version of MJ. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I have in my notes capitalized Watson. Watson. Mark? Yep. It's like, I don't go by that. <laughs> All right, Miss Jones. Michelle Jones. Oh, so fucking perfect. This is my MJ. I, I fucking love Zendaya for that. Um, the uh, One of the things that I get, this is my only note, I think, is that I feel like Pepper Potts should have been on the news somewhere. At least like a stock photo of her yeah, with a something statement. responding to the Stark thing because this will lead into Armor Wars. Like this is a perfect for Armor. I like halfway through the movie, I like realized like 
with the Stark network down, all this stuff. Like one, he's not going to be able to rely on Stark tech. This is before the movie ended, so we I knew where it was going. But like I was like, there's no longer like Stark tech is down. Stark Industries is down. It's being um, taken over by the government. I guarantee you. And so all that stuff's going to go everywhere. And there's going to be a whole that this is what's going to lead to armor wars. Like, holy fucking shit. I'm so, I was so excited to see that. You're probably right about that. Yeah. And, but we I needed pepper. I just wanted pepper on the news during that scene, you know, um, making a comment about it. Cause it was all just like them interviewing happy. And I get that, that he's like still was head of security or, or enough, but he's not really good at his job. At least in the Spider-Man movies. I always thought he was better at it in the Iron Man movies, but he's really not at the end of the day he's great and this movie doesn't have a whole lot of happy but the happy bits that we get are great he plays like getting broken up with really well very well <laughs> that's rough buddy getting dumped by marissa tomei oh i know i know uh it was a fling you know that's why it was nice it was fun it's like okay i thought i can be fun i can be fun oh happy he's not so happy very sad Oh my god, though. That that leads into my favorite thing in the entire movie. There, I have two favorite things, but the first favorite thing happened so early on that I was almost like, okay, I can leave now. Charlie Cox is a real great lawyer. Oh, we, my, my theater got such such a huge standing, like not standing ovation, but just everyone just rooted out clapping hilariously when Charlie Cox made his appearance. Everyone was so happy. So damn happy. Oh, it's so good. It was so brief, but it was just enough. Just enough of a little taste. I was kind of like waiting for him to show up like at some point to help out, you know, throughout, throughout the thing. But I feel like however he will make an appearance in the MCU again, whether it be in She-Hulk or um, in later Spider-Man movies or on his own project, you know, we, we I have no idea what they're planning for him. But it, I, I feel like this is obviously just a reminder that don't worry, guys, we got you. We, 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 we heard you and we know if we recast this role you'll all riot. So you happy? You're all happy now? <laughs> yeah, I actually started rewatching the first season of Daredevil the other day because I'm just I'm just so excited about Charlie Cox being back in the MCU. I know, I know. It's it's great. And then, you know, just a, a couple of days earlier, we had Kingpin for Hawkeye. So it's just like... Like literally the day before. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. I, I love I love the golden age of Marvel that we live in right now. Also, I really want that 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 coffee mug the um for fox sake i think you can buy it on etsy yeah i'm, I'm gonna see if i can find that because I, I really really want it <laughs> did you find it funny that happy was talking to matt murdoch because john favreau played foggy nelson in the shitty ben affleck daredevil movie oh my god i don't think i remembered that until you just brought it up what was that 25 years ago uh, it was 2003 2003 shit but yeah john favreau Fucking Nelson. That's so weird. I, I, I'm like, I can't visualize that in my head. God, that's supposed to be surreal. Okay, that's fun. You know, I, I, I have an affection for Ben Affleck for a lot of reasons. And I just feel bad that every single time he plays a character, it's just... A superhero character, specifically. A superhero character, yeah. A superhero character. Um, it just gets destroyed for other reasons that are not his fault. <laughs> you know? Like his performance of Daredevil wasn't the issue. Um, his performance of Batman wasn't the issue. I actually loved his Batman. It's just, oh, oh, we, you know, it was a different time, a different generation. 
Yeah, next time you see that movie, like that scene where like Happy is like trying to like lawyer talk to Charlie Cox. Just remember that moment. <laughs> um, the next the next thing I, I I realized when we were going through the when I was going through the movie was that Ned brings up the fact that he has magic in his family. And like, so there's your, your foreshadowing that he actually is going to be able to use this thing. And I wonder how much he's going to be able to use this thing, if, how, what they're planning for Ned in the long term. Because is it just to do what the, he needed to do in this movie? Or is it, is there, are they planning something greater for him? I, I don't know. I mean, did Ned forget that he essentially got his Hogwarts letter in this? Yeah, he did. He did forget. He probably So does forgot. he not know he's magic now? No, he doesn't. He doesn't know. He's back to like zero again. I think the next trilogy we're going to like jump into other characters and we're we're going to like cameo MJ and Ned in a kind of a longing way, but by the end of the trilogy we will have them back. You know, I think we were we're always going to circle back to those characters, specifically those two, but um I think we were going to explore other options, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um but yeah, I think he's totally forgotten, like all of that, all of his magical potential, and he's just going to be a dude for a while. Poor Ned. Poor poor Ned. Or he's going to come back and be a villain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they made a point to make sure he promised about that, and in the comics, he 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 becomes the Hobgoblin. So let's see what happens with all this. He's magical, and he has a comic book history of trying to kill Peter Parker. So what's gonna happen? But speaking of villains, let's let's talk about the villain. So, do you have a favorite of all the ones that you saw in this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's the cliche answer, but it's got to be Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it's Willem. He fucking killed it. He brought it. He really did. I mean, like, and not just as 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 the Green Goblin, but like as Osborne, as this terrified, like, what what's happening? You know, like lost soul, like. It was so much more nuanced in this movie than it was in the original movie. Yeah, he got to really like play with the character, which more so than he did in the original Spider-Man movie. And it just, to me, it was beautiful. Um, watching him perform this character just made me very happy. It, it, I felt for him the entire time. Um, when when Peter Parker traps him, finally, like when he comes back to the dungeon, is when I feel like that's when... Um, the Green Goblin came back and decided to pretend and to to try to like manipulate the situation. I don't think he was there m- much longer. I think he stuck around until Doc Ock was like, oh, hey, are you happy that you're going to be bull again? Do you think that was his trigger? Yes, uh, because the, the next thing that Norman Osborn says is just me, but he says it in the Green Goblin voice. Yeah, I just feel like that was the way he talked in the dungeon after he kind of like pulled like a Smeagol thing. Whereas like he was talking like very like normally the way Norman Osborn talked. But then once he was in the dungeon cage, you know, someone, I don't remember who talked to him, but someone talked to him and he was no longer like slouching. He was no longer scared. He was like, he had his shoulders back. He had like this kind of strange golemy confidence and slyness to him. And it just seemed like that was no longer, that was no longer the insecure Nor- Norman Osborn anymore. That was someone who was like playing both sides to see what he can do with the situation. I'm so glad that he said that he was something of a scientist himself. Yeah. Oh God, that was such a good delivery on that line. Also, I'm so glad that this movie remembers that Norman Osborn is basically a super soldier because he is so physical in this movie. And it's actually Willem Dafoe doing the stunts, which is crazy. He made it a point. Like I knew I want to do these stunts. 
Interesting, though. Oscorp doesn't exist in this universe yet. No, it does not yet. I was wondering, because they mentioned that he was going by military research facility. So there is a military research facility, but it's not Oscorp. It's not. So he probably realized that he, he couldn't go home again. Somewhere down the line, we might get a little little startup called Oscorp. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, it's all, now I feel like it's all open. I like Marvel was like, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that because we don't own it. But now because of this deal, I feel like the sky's the limit. That they could incorporate all these things all over again um, as this kind of shared custody thing. And Sony's going to better be happy right now because Sony's got, I mean, it's made a billion dollars already and it's been out for what, a week? And during the pandemic. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, this movie would be doing impressive numbers in normal times. It's doing astounding right now, given the fact that we're we're knee-deep in Omicron. I love the line when, when Strange and Peter were fighting. That whole fight was just so fucking awesome, by the way. Uh, Peter, tr- realizing that one, Peter can, like, use his tingle to, to bypass the whole, like, out-of-body experience. That was really cool. I really wish the other Spider-Man had called it the Spider-Sense so that he could stop calling it the Tingle. Yeah, it was like, you got the Tingle? Yeah, yeah, I got the Tingle. We're all, we're, we're, it was like, yeah, they should have made a line about that. Like, you call it the Tingle? Like, no, I don't. My Aunt May does. Like, oh, like, forget it. Like, okay. And then he uh, he stuck ta- calling it the Tingle for, for quite a while, I think. Especially now because of Aunt May. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but I love I loved the line when he was fighting them. Like, you know, you know what's cool with the magic? Math. Like that was just, that was just awesome. Showing that the mirror universe is just geometric. This is the power of math, people. Yep. Power of math. Oh, wait, that's the wrong podcast. <laughs> K Tilly. Yeah, I did. I did. I did love that little, like that detail that like, even though he's out of his body, spider sense, keep in the box from Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock was amazing. Seeing Alfred in that role again. Um, he looked great. Just everyone, everyone was uh, Sandman, fucking Electro. Everyone just was better versions of themselves in this in this movie. I still feel like Lizard and Sandman were just kind of there. No, Sandman I liked because I feel like he did have enough character, like just to kind of as a framework. But Lizard definitely was lost. Lizard was lost. I admit that completely. Yeah, Lizard was totally lost in this in this thing. But Sandman, he had a character arc. He, I feel like it was small, but it was there. Yeah, it just kind of felt to me like a retread. Well, he wanted to go home. He wanted to be with his daughter. And he got cured in the end anyway. So, like, it worked. And at first, he was just very happy to see Peter, which made me happy for a moment. He was just like, all right, I'm going to help you out. And then, so he was a very useful effect. Yeah, he was useful in helping stop Electro at the beginning of the movie. Speaking of, what a fucking glow up. Yeah, I know, right? When he saw that that arc reactor, it was just like, ooh. And what a way to use that arc reactor with, with electro and make that all work in in tandem oh beautiful and then they when he was talking with sandman about how they got their powers and like <laughs> well i fell into a vat of electric eels i fed and fell into a super collider god we got to be careful where we fall huh that was pretty great i think the joker will have will agree with you on that i also like that they like him coming together when he first shows up uh, it reminded me of dr manhattan and then they sucked the blue out of him and he was a cool He's just a, basically a different character from Amazing Spider-Man. Too. Oh, he was completely. That's a, he, and he even said it. Like, I like myself in this universe. He was a completely different character. I, 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 I liked him here. Although, I have, a, I have a nitpick about Electro. He didn't know who Spider-Man was. He didn't know who Peter Parker was. 
I don't remember. I mean, I have to rewatch two again. Then I don't remember. I thought he did at by the end of the movie figure that he out. No. Huh? Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin knows that he's Peter, mm-hmm. and they team. They team up, but he didn't know who Peter was. And then even at the end of this movie, you know, once he gets cured. Oh, that's right. He's like, oh, I thought Spider Man was black. <laughs> right. That's right. They they even revealed it that they didn't anyway. They get for getting that joke. Which I do, I do love that joke because Andrew Garfield is just like, I'm sorry, <laughs> and we know Miles is coming at some point. Um, but yeah, so he didn't know he didn't know who Spider Man was. So why is he even here? Just let it go, let it go. At least with Venom, you can kind of be like, oh, well, there's a multiversal hive mind, and one version of Venom has encountered Peter Parker, so this guy kind of know. Like you can kind of wave the Venom showing up. But yeah, the Electro thing bothered me. Sorry. The whole movie sucks. You're right. Close it. It was literally my only nitpick. D minus Jason hates this movie. He's like complaining all about it. Like he's nitpicking all of it now. Oh my God. <laughs> you fucking simp. Listen, I simp for this because it's worth the simping. I mean, it is. It's This is by far the best Marvel movie this year and possibly the best Marvel property this year, including the TV shows. No, I mean, like... I can't disagree with you here because it was done with such love and such beauty, such care, all of it. Like I loved Loki WandaVision. I love the Eternals probably way more than other people do. Um, Definitely. Not me, but I just, from what I've heard, it wasn't very well received. It was not well received. Um, But this, there's just, there was something about this that brought it like, the best of that Marvel has done this year, and they've done great, has got us to the moon. But Spider-Man No Way Home is like fucking Andromeda. Like, it's just, wow. It's so fucking amazing. It's just filled with everything. It's beautiful. I, I just can't, I can't, there's not enough words. Like, you, you were right when you said it earlier. Like, this is Spider-Man's endgame. And he, like it, we, we it was Kevin Feige told us he was like it's gonna be like Endgame, and I'm like, what the fuck? How? Why? You know, I remember when we were con- talking about what the possibilities were, and you know, we were like, okay, let's assume that the other two Spider Men are gonna show up. Like one, all there's so many characters. How are they gonna fill it? Spoilers, they did. Yeah, it's just like, how is this going to work? It just seems so silly. And it's already so congested, and I don't know, but like we'll see. I trust them. I trust them, but I guarantee you, if the other two Spider Men show up, they're, all gonna, they're only going to show up in the climax. They're going to be there for like ten minutes. It's going to be cute. It's going to be awesome, and then they're going to go away, and that's it. But they didn't. We got them for a full hour of like character development and moments, and, and it took their time. And like we had the we got the meme. We had them pointing at each other like the fucking meme. Like there was just so many moments like that. It just was glorious. Like, damn, you you nailed it. You assholes fucking nailed it. They did. But before we get into the other Spider-Men, that Spider-Sense scene with Norman in the apartment, that was so good. Nice trick. And then just him going off about how they're not creatures that need to be fixed. They're gods. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was wow. great. And the, all the, and the, all the battle sequences that happened, all of them being released reminded me of the fucking Ghostbusters movie, the first Ghostbusters, where it's just, you know, everything just bedlam from that place of origin. It just, all of it. You had the electric, you had the sand, you had the lizard men, you had all this stuff just evacuating from it. It was intense. Although Doc Ock should have stuck around to help Peter. 
he was uh, uh, he was like electrocuted out for a moment, right? I bet he had to like figure out what the fuck he was doing first. But yeah, I mean, like ideally he should have come and help Peter, but then he wouldn't have been able to come and help out in the perfect moment later. So yeah, but what about Aunt May? What about Aunt May? Don't make me say it. What about Aunt May? I was legitimately surprised that they killed off Marissa Tomei. Yeah. So spoiler alert, obviously. Um, but spoiler, spoiler alert. There was one thing that was horrifically spoiled for me in this movie. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was that. So I, I downloaded a track, an early leaked version of the soundtrack without track names. It was just blank, like track one, track two, track three. That's it. It was just the score. So I can listen to it and enjoy it and not know anything. Some asshole put in the comments the track names that were there, but they weren't like the track names that would later go on the album. It was like the track track names that were telling specifically what happened in each scene. So there was a scene that would, for the song that's called Sadness on the album, I think, is called Aunt May Dies. And I was like, you motherfucker. Like, I got so pissed. I was so angry. I wanted to hunt down this kid's IP and rip him a fucking new one. And it's like all the all the things that he was describing, like all the, the fake names he was giving was it must have been like an early, early uh, title tracks or something he was just doing to fuck with people that matched exactly what he knew. Like it had to be someone on the inside who knew because it matched perfectly what the scenes were like he knew the movie he knew what that was and he literally put spoilers in each and every one of these things but the only one i really noticed was aunt may's death and i was like son of a fucking bitch so when i i saw it and i saw her kind of get up and be okay i was like okay maybe he was wrong and then it was like no not wrong oh god here we go and then my heart just broke and then watching happy you know, all of that and watch watching Peter like just be in denial about it. It was just motherfucker. Yeah, it was it was a heaviness that literally only could have been fixed by the other Spider-Man showing up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, I, you know, I, she became Uncle Ben. Yeah, she got that moment. Which makes me wonder what they're going to do with that Spider-Man freshman year cartoon that we're getting. Yeah, because I thought we were going to have like Uncle Ben in that, you know, but now I like, I'm really curious about what that's going to be like. It's early, early pajama Peter running around before Aunt May knows, and they'll probably not be an Uncle Ben. I feel like Marissa Torme's character is just a, a single mom in this in this equation, you know? So, no, no, there were some vague references to Uncle Ben in Homecoming and Far From Home. Yeah, I just don't mean he's going to be in it. You know, like at all. Like, I just don't think they're going to touch base on that at all. I think we'll get it, but we'll get like a less pivotal version of this moment. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think I, I, I think they've they used that. I think that's it. That we are not going to get Uncle Ben. I, I believe if he's in it at all, if there is an Uncle Ben, he is just going to be a dude. Okay, now we could talk about the other Spider Man though. Oh, uh, before you do that, I just want to say one more thing about the Aunt May scene in the battle. Um. One thing that I really wanted to happen, like really wanted to happen, and it, they had it right there, is that when Aunt May shoved the uh, the, the the serum that had they had been working on for Osborne into him, I really wish it gave him a more tinted green monstrous face, like made him worse instead of trying to fix him, it made him worse. 
you know, and thus you would have had complete Green Goblin effect. Like you could have it subtle. It doesn't have to be crazy, but just something, you know? Listen, I, I think Willem Dafoe's face is perfect. No, his face That's is great. I just is. want the character to be like a little bit good. Because that outfit finally, like the 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 ripped, torn, homeless outfit with the purple and the green, that was the Green Goblin. Like none of that extra armor stuff that they used in the Raimi movie. No Power Ranger mask. Yeah, none of that. Like it was just, we, we had it in the movie. It's gone now. Now we get like the real Green Goblin outfit and that was perfect. So if he just had like a little bit of like, a frame of green around his like hairline or something just to showcase that you just made him a little bit stronger and beefier. I would have liked that just for the moment, just for the, just for the climax. And then, you know, we see him get fixed, obviously. So that would have been a great moment too, to see it all wash away. I could have been, I could have been in for that. Yeah. And like just watching Peter get depressed. I mean, that shot with like him staring at uh, Jameson's like, video screen with that silhouette was just so epic and, and tragic up to like when MJ, you know, holding him in that way. It was just, you feel it. You feel it was fucking visceral. And then you're right. The only thing that could fix that sadness was a big old dose of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And something I never would have ever thought would have come out of my mouth. Like that's what we need. Oh my fucking God. Not even a fan of your Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, but oh my God, you're perfect in this. He was just as awkward as he was in the Raimi movies. It, but he was like awkward and confident at the same time. I don't know how they managed to find that balance, but like he was like a more at peace version of himself, but still kind of like an awkward kid. He was still Peter Parker. And Andrew is so good in this. It, it, it really just kind of hurts your heart to think about how like he was wasted in those two amazing Spider-Man movies. He was, and you knew how much of a fan he was as an individual. I was there at Comic-Con the year that he showed up. The year he did the thing? Then he did the thing. I was in that hall. I was watching it happen live. And it just, my heart like melted for him. Like he became the hero playing Spider-Man incarnate to me, you know? And like, I liked the Amazing Spider-Man a lot. And, you know, we, we, we don't need to go into like the flaws of Amazing Spider-Man too. But like, I just didn't like his, their take on his Peter Parker. He was just too cool. He was way too cool as Peter Parker. Like he didn't have the awkwardness. I could not picture him. Yeah, I could not picture him having issues at all socially. He's this this kid's perfect, you know. And they were so meta about Andrew being the black sheep of this trio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really were. Peter three. Yep, he is Peter three. It's like no, I thought I was Peter one. I thought well, you okay? You which one? No, I'm Peter one. You're Peter two. And you're Peter three. Okay, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> Also, like, uh, when Toby and Holland Spider-Man are talking about the villains they've faced, Andrew's just like, all I got was a Russian guy in a mech suit. Yeah, a rhinoceros mech suit. That, that was hilarious. And I, I mean, I wish that they had gone into a little bit of the things we hadn't seen on screen. Yeah, it kind of feels like they were in stasis for... Yeah, it's like, what have you been doing? Like, like you, you, both of you have been doing the Spider-Man gig for, like, 30 more years, you know, or 20 years. But, like, so what have you been doing? We got a little taste of each of them. Like Toby said that him and MJ kind of made it work. And Andrew Garfield apparently got hardcore and stopped pulling his punches. Yeah. So he became bittered after, after, after Gwen died, which I get. I mean, they were just basing their future on the last moments of their last movie. So like, I get it. I'm, I'm actually content with that. I just wish we got more because, because that's where we're at. Like the, the weird, odd, unfamiliar, desire for more toby Maguire and andrew garfield films 
I am so glad that they commented on Toby's organic web shooters. I know. Is that stuff coming out of you? Oh, I don't really want to talk about it. Like, mm, it's way awkward. The, the awkwardness of that whole conversation was hilarious. Are you guys making fun of me? No, we're just... No, we just... We, like, we can't do that. So we just want to know how you do that. Does it come out of other places? <laughs> no. Did you ever get, like, web... You know, like... Uh, what, what do you say? Uh, web block. Web block. <laughs> yes, it was like a whole, like, you know, like... Self, you know, like, prices, catharsis thing. It was like, oh, my God. I did really enjoy them just kind of being, like, the science spider bros together. Yeah, that the whole school lab sequence... It was just cute. And MJ just like, there's three of you. Like, wow. And all of them just doing their thing. They did the pointy thing. Peter. No, no, no. All of it. Okay, no, no. Park. No, Spider-Man. Oh, God damn it. The pointings was just epic. Oh, they did it. They did the fucking meme. Multiple memes in this movie. Yeah, they really were. And then they went out there and they cured some ass. They did. I wrote that line down. <laughs> You know, being in a movie theater and like writing things down in a piece of paper, I feel like the guy next to me had to like watch me in big letters write "cure that ass." And it just was like a moment that I had to like live with in that in that scene. Um, let's let's talk briefly about the Statue of Liberty. Why? Why are they putting a shield on it? It's like that. That's such a, a, a American thing to do. Like, really, that is a perfectly American thing to do. Totally unnecessary. Pointless probably extraordinarily expensive and as a tribute to something that like Steve Rogers would probably be like, ah, this just makes me uncomfortable, you know, but he'd show up to the parade and do what he has to do anyway, if he was alive, but he's not. So he doesn't even have the chance to be able to tell them, no, I don't think you need that. I think it's fine as it was. So I feel like they gave it a whole like bronzy coat and they were giving it that weird shield, which obviously it's not there anymore. Um, you know, I, I, do you think they fixed it? <laughs> I guess maybe they did fix it because Hawkeye takes place a little bit later and Yelena references the new and improved Statue of Liberty. That's right. Yelena says, I do want to see the new Statue of Liberty. So it's still a thing. I guess we're going to have to deal with that in later shots of New York. It was an interesting final battle, trying to cure all the villains on the Statue of Liberty while they try to kill you. And protect MJ and Ned at the same time. And then you have Stephen Strange show up. So there was a lot going on. I think they did a good job in finding balance to that. Because it just it kept you going like, ah, ah. You know, like things were just always at the edge. And that just that, to the to that final uh, Doc Ock saving, you know, Electro. Uh, fucking Andrew Garfield saving MJ. It, it redemption for his Gwen Stacy loss. That was my other favorite moment in the film. Yeah, that my I like I wept. I openly wept during that. Just watching Andrew Garfield's face about how important that moment was. It was like it had nothing to do with MJ. Like I love I love her, but like it was all about Garfield and how much you felt about obviously how it hurt him. You know, everything that happened and it was just such a beautiful redeemed moment. And you know, people called it obviously like if if Andrew Garfield doesn't save her then I'm I'm writing. It's like, well, there you go. We're safe now, right? We cool? We cool? Guy in the third row, we good? His, okay. his character deserved that kind of catharsis. Yeah, he did. He did. And it's like, all right. Oh, such a beautiful fucking moment. I did like the bit where Tom Holland's Spider-Man's like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to brag, but I'm going to brag. I'm in the Avengers. No, that's great. That's amazing. What is that? <laughs> it's Avengers. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. No, nothing. Okay. They don't have that. In their universes, they never had to deal with aliens. Well, minus Toby and 
Yeah, minus, yeah, minus. Yeah. I, I fought an alien. I was like, I fought an alien too in space. They never had to deal with extraterrestrial threats other than like the one Venom problem. Oh man, though. Fucking Norman flying in on his glider. Can the Spider-Man come out to play? Ugh. He was, he was so, he played it so evil. I loved it. He just didn't care. He didn't even care. I feel like if he died, he was happy just to corrupt Peter Parker. A Peter Parker. I did mention this earlier, but just the his, the look on his face, him smiling and laughing as like Peter is like pummeling him. God, Willem Dafoe is so good. Yeah, it was so good. He was just like, I'm, I'm corrupting. It was like the emperor, just happy to like, yes, let the hate flow through you. You know, it was all that. And it was so tragic watching like Tom Holland, who's the sweetest, I think, of all of them. You know, like I feel like he's the 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 the, the most innocent of the, the the three of them and him doing it beating the crap out of him with pure rage in his heart like that was just an intense scene up to like toby Maguire coming and saving him from that and like don't do it don't do it and then getting stabbed himself i was so worried that they were gonna kill off toby Maguire. Too. yeah me too i was like oh my god are they gonna do that like holy shit it was so funny i thought i've been stabbed before don't worry and he's like looking at the sky and he's like, is this really happening or am I dying? <laughs> no, it's happening. It's happening. Um, I'm sure somebody, I didn't get a chance to like do the research, but I'm sure somebody like, you know, screen grabbed a, a, a bootlegged copy of that moment to like see all the villains that were coming through. Did you get a chance to like go through any of those? Yeah, it looked like Craven the Hunter um a version of rhino possibly and like maybe a version of scorpion yeah definitely saw scorpion saw rhino that whole last sequence you're right was just it was there was a lot going on obviously everyone was correct about that that international trailer footage of like lizard man turning away getting punched by andrew garfield at the end like yes that's what happened all right let's not release stuff like that in international trailers from now on marvel it's just too easy we, we, we're getting to know your tricks do you think that Tom's Peter Parker ruined the lives of the other Peter Parkers with his wish? Like, do you think that their universes also forgot about Peter Parker? No, because this was more about him. Like, I think this was about his, but him particularly, because they were all going for him in this. I, th I think I thought about that too, and I don't think so. I think the way the wish worked in this case, in the final form, was everyone would forget Peter Parker in this universe only. I think that's how that goes. I just have so many questions about the way this spell works. I like, know, I know. Does Peter have a social security card number still? I, I don't know, because he got an apartment in New York. You're going to need a, a little bit of that. Which, by the way, complete missed opportunity. They should have had Mr. Ditkovich as his landlord. I wanted that so bad. I'm right there with you. I was a little, like, I was waiting for it, like, to have an older version of him open that door. I checked. The actor is still alive. He totally could have done it. Totally could have done it. He should have just, just to open the door and let him in. That's it. That's all he had to do. That's all he had to do. Maybe they asked him. He was like, no, man, I'm not going to do that. Like, we'll pay you lots of money to do it. You know, just do it for one fucking second. Or the daughter, you know, like she could have done it too. Like whatever. He didn't even have to physically be there. They could have just ADR'd him in. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. They just should have had a moment with that. Because that would have just been a lovely touch to it. Ugh. The movie was so, so perfect. The ending was sad and tragic and tragically beautiful yeah I, I just think it's crazy how like they fixed the major complaint that a lot of like mcu peter parker haters have had about him being too reliant on stark tech and him being a brat he's back to basics he is your friendly neighborhood spider-man 
yeah, no one can no one can accuse him of being Iron Man Jr. anymore. He is legit poor, making his own cosplays in his in his room. That to me is crazy. Like he he sacrificed his two best friends, you know, so he could go and do this now without them getting hurt. And that's that's the that's the sacrifice of Spider Man. That's Peter Parker right there. They they made this the perfect Peter Parker origin trilogy. And now we get back. It's like, because you'd think like, all right, we're never going to get to see him be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man because we're in all this Avengers stuff all the time. And yeah, he's always stuck with Stark Tech and all these things. It's, you can't go back, but you can. And now we get to tell this story of it. I just think it's so sad that like, you know, all this time I thought that the title No Way Home was about the villains. It was about Peter because he can't ever go home again. Nope, not at all. He is, he is now on his own, alone. No Aunt May. Just the memory of the people he loved and the reason why he does it. And that just makes the movie just so fucking beautiful to me. And like just the the message of the villains was great too. Second chances, forgiveness, you know, trying to be better. Even, even Doc Ock said, how you doing, Peter? You know, to, to Tobey Maguire. It's like trying to be better. Like the, the movie is about people who want to be better, you know. And Doc Ock, once he was free of that, chose to be a good guy. Every one of those people chose to be a better person once they were free of the things that was making them nuts. So allegories for therapy and self-work and self-love, all those things are there. The movie is just beautiful on all fronts and in, in, in owning that and owning your damage and fixing it, I think. And then to ultimately make it about your own sacrifice with Peter. It, oh man, it's just gets you in the feels the entire way. At the very least, I would have gone back to Doctor Strange and been like, hey, so you erased everyone's memory. And he'd probably be like, yeah, that sounds like something I would do. Yeah, but what we saw in the trailer is he probably has no fucking clue what he did. Because I feel like the the memory of that spell is probably gone from him too. Yeah, like did he just wake up floating above the Statue of Liberty not knowing what the fuck happened? I, I feel like they, they all did. Like I, I, I want to know what MJ kind of, how the, how MJ kind of woke up the next moment, you know, her and Ned, like, like, what the fuck are we doing here? And why do I have a gash in my, in my skull? You know, she's still wearing that necklace though. At the end, she is, she's still wearing the necklace. She's still MJ. She's just, and I want to know, like, is her room filled with Peter? You know, like there were a couple of Peter Parker drawings in there. Does all that stuff get erased or is it like a perception filter where she just doesn't notice it anymore? Like in Dr. Who? I don't know. Which by the way, Speaking of Doctor Who, one of the best comments that I read about this movie, and I completely agree, this is a multi-Doctor special. Yeah, it was. This was, this felt like a Doctor Who crossover event. It just, with all the heart and all the sincerity and all the, the thought to like past versions of the Doctor all there. It's like, yes, that it's that template that was used. Good call. This is fan service done. Probably the best that we could possibly do. Agreed. Now, briefly... <laughs> since we're on the subject of Doctor Strange. How did you feel about the post-credits just being a trailer? Um, I mean, I, I, it, because it was a, almost a direct continuation from this, I think it worked. Um, they did that in, in Captain America, the first Avenger for, the, for Avengers. So, like, there is precedent for that. But when it came to this, it's, like, direct after. I feel like it's, it is associated. Because we just saw Doctor Strange fuck with the universe again, fuck with the multiverse, and now we have to deal with it. So... I liked it. I like that we're continuing Doctor Strange's story. That now it becomes we're, we're switching perspectives to him. Um, and now we know we have unfinished business with Wanda. We know all that. So like anyone who's not prepared for that, you, you, you better go catch up. 
Yeah, go watch WandaVision, please, for the love of God. Yes, if you if you were if you were only watching the movies, you are doing yourself a disservice. WandaVision and Loki are necessities in this right now. It's going to be a painful six months waiting for Multiverse of Madness. Oh, or anything. I mean, we have we have a we have a few months of marvelousness now, and for the last few months, it's been nothing but Marvel. Like since WandaVision started, we've had Marvel, 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 Marvel. After like two years of nothing, we were starving for it. We're going back to the wilderness. Yep. The wastelands have returned. Just to close it out, Joseph, we do this every time. Where does this rank? Like in your in your Marvel pantheon? This is this is definitely within the top top five. Um I, I would even probably say top three. I have to be I have to be very careful. <laughs> Because I have to redo, I have to redo all my thinking. Because you're right, it's up there with Endgame, but like, it's just so hard. Easily to top five, though. It's easily top five because like, Ragnarok, Endgame, Infinity War, No Way Home, and probably the first Avengers movie are like there for me. Like those five are like, I think they will rotate and shift once in a while. But those those are those are the those are the ones that really do it for me. Ah, oh, but then you got Guardians together. Fuck you, Marvel, for being so awesome at this shit. Why can't you be more like DC, where you're like you do one good movie every twenty five years? Yeah, no, um, I I'd say the same. This easily ranks in the top five. Where I'm not sure. It'll probably shift on the day. I still need to watch this a couple more times when it comes out. I'll probably see it in the theaters at least one or two more times before it goes away. This is a great movie. Better than we deserve. Yeah, and, and way better than we expected. And I think you and I were both expecting something good, but not this, not like this. Yeah, no, I mean, we we had very high expectations, and somehow they were exceeded. And that's rare. That is super rare. That is super rare. It's like usually like, all right, we have our expectations, they're managed, and they're fine. And we're good. And that was a good movie, and we move forward. This blew up like Omicron. All right, so make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at InfinityCast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.